Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, Season 1 wrap-up as we discuss Parts 1 and 2, Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency. It says, a quote from Meraki, uh, the, that final scene means he is never coming back. <laughs> really? Thank you for clearing. Thanks for clearing that up, Meraki. Yeah. I'm sorry, your question to me was? Never mind. I'm Larry Davis. Okay. With me. Oh, no. It's George Brundle. Hello. Who's reading his books. Oh. He finally right. learned to read. It's an amazing development. Uh... And this week we're just going to be doing a quick sort of summary wrap up on what we thought of parts 1 and 2 comprising season 1 of the anime episodes 1 through 26. Uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, by the way, is the series we're discussing. Uh, So first of all, tell me, how did this live up to your expectations? Like what was different from what you expected? Was it better? What? What was different? I I, th- I think for me the main thing is hearing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure kind of get brought up before watching this. It's everything that has to do with like part three and onward, where it's like it stands, it's Dio with weird green lipstick on, it's Jotaro, uh, it's old Joseph stuff like that. So I had no idea what to expect with, like, two whole parts of this thing that is not inundated with stands. Uh, that's, I didn't know vampires were a component of it or zombies. I was not expecting this sort of, like, Castlevania-esque first part. Uh, so I was going in not really having any concept of what any of this would be like, of what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure even is pre-stands and... Came out the other end liking it a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you mentioned it being kind of Castlevania-like because I will say, even though Part 3 is going to be where they get into stands and all the stuff you're familiar with, the structure of it is very video gamey. Like, the whole thing is basically just them trying to get to Dio and fighting all of these bosses along the way. And... Yeah, that can get kind of tiresome at parts. Like, the characters they introduce are mostly good. Like, I mostly like them. It's just that, you know, it it kind of gets old sometimes. Whereas part, is... parts 1 and 2 are basically, like, regular stories. It's just, here are these guys, they're going to fight them, they're going to come up with ways to defeat them. Yeah, uh, th- there's, like, very little training or meandering in parts one and two like everything's consistently moving forward in some way um i will say real quick that the 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 person i talked to 
uh, who was kind of explaining like they were really feeling out what stands would even be like they mentioned one of their issues with part three too is that sometimes you get one of those boss characters introduced that's maybe not great but they always devote two episodes to each one of these characters there are some that are just one but yeah most of them are two and actually that, you were talking that was something i was going to bring up is yeah. i've plotted out uh our episodes for these uh for all of part three actually most weeks we'll be doing three episodes because that's kind of the only way to do it and keep it consistent. Uh, it seems like that okay. way most things will fall. It Everything is either three or four episodes. Where if we tried to do four again, there would be some places where it just kind of cut up weird and we'd have to go short with three or long with five or... And I, I think if we're we're talking about the the way that we do this stuff too, a lot happens in a, at least in in this first season. Yeah. A lot happens in a single episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. There's a lot of ground to cover. Yes, I I also um, kind of wanted to make these a bit shorter. Yes, uh, these are long episodes because th- there is a lot to talk about, and you and I get very bad about free associating into other <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, we're fans of words that sound like other words and movie titles. Yeah. You know um, what? It's the, it's the personality of this podcast, and if you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the opinions of George Brendel are not those of Larry Davis uh, and Associates. Um, you know you love it, bitch. Um, but yeah, like it's it's also it, it would be it's a good thing to sort of keep these kind of moving a little bit better, and uh, so I'm I'm up totally for doing it as as three episodes yeah um but that that is something else that i really appreciated about this first season is that there is just so much happening and every single beat is trying to build off the other in such an extreme way and see i knew that jojo's bizarre adventure was obviously bizarre like it gets (laughs) really weird didn't expect a hand to get turned into a squirrel <laughs> did, did not expect plane versus bird like there's a lot of stuff in this that even with my understanding that jojo's bizarre adventure is very crazy and off the rails like fuck man you did not expect four zombies to show up named after the members of led zeppelin no there there were a few parts in this where i had to just stop the episode and process because uh, it all comes at you so fast too yeah so that was also kind of the thing when i started this and dedicated like four episodes per episode of this i was basing it on the books and thinking man a lot of time goes by in those without much happening and so i figured you know these would be a breeze but <laughs> No, nope. not the case. It turns out, like, like I, I hate to get into the whole like I need to refer to my notes so much thing, but it is just sort of the nature of these episodes that they are so densely packed, and, and the way that fights are structured, and like, okay, it's very important to understand that like this happened, that this happened, that this happened. It's sort of hard to hit these episodes in broad strokes. Like, part of what makes JoJo so great and so interesting to me is that it is very much structured by that beat-by-beat, move-by-move kind of storytelling. 
Mm-hmm. Also, which crazy is... crap happening all the time. Absolutely. Uh, which is also, and we've gotten into this quite a bit, uh, one of the faults of this thing perhaps is that in constantly trying to one-up itself, it is also doing away with its own internal logic, its own structure to the Haman fighting style and the way that the world works. Yeah. I think that stuff gets better as it goes on. I mean, I keep mentioning but just because I've watched it recently, but part four, I think, is pretty consistent with how it does things. Like By that point, Iraqi has completely figured out stands and how they work, the abilities... There's one character whose ability is, like, so overpowered that he kind of just gets knocked out almost immediately or just isn't there for a lot of stuff because otherwise everything would be over in, like, two seconds. Which maybe wasn't the best decision. But... And really, I'll say the main flaw, as far as I'm concerned, of Part 4 is... I had mentioned that part three is very much a video game style fight our way to Dio, mm. which can be kind of repetitive, but part four just meanders for like half of it. Like there is the main bad guy does not show up until halfway through it. Nobody even knows like uh. that he's around. And so yeah, I, the first half is kind of just them wandering around and fighting other stand members or stand users and stand members only uh and like it's entertaining like some those are some of the best episodes in it but from a narrative standpoint it's just kind of frustrating yeah i i can kind of understand that i i actually don't know really anything about the plot of part four i understand what part three is i think like before doing this the one i was the most familiar with is part three and as you kind of explained to me the reason that is is because that is what people would more immediately associate as being jojo's bizarre adventure yeah part three so, is like the jojo's for a lot of people like yeah. that's the one that they had you know that ova series of years ago that's what the dreamcast game was based on that's that's the ones yeah. that viz put out here however many years I, ago I, that i have i hate to keep bringing it up as a point of reference but the reason i do is i don't actually watch a whole lot of anime uh especially not a whole lot of anime that you would consider maybe to be like fighting based or shonen anime uh, so Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z is usually like my go-to quintessential this is what a shonen anime is. But also I think that is a fair way to paint that probably even if you have like a more broad understanding of that genre. But like for, for me the way that I kind of look at this is like part three is your Dragon Ball Z where everyone is like oh, okay Super Saiyans are a thing and like uh, the, the Frieza and the Vegeta and like people know what that is. I feel like less people maybe understand what original Dragon Ball is. And for me, that is sort of the way that I looked at Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency is like, I'm I'm looking at that bit that I think people care less about. Like yeah. they care more about that turn when it's like, okay, now it's the Super Saiyans. And... Yeah, yeah. So. I, I think that's not, that's not inaccurate. Like, yeah, if you say Dragon Ball to people, they're going to be like, oh yeah, with Vegeta. When, like, no, yeah. to me, Dragon Ball is 
small Goku and Krillin and Bulma. Yeah. Like that that's that's the Dragon Ball I like. Tiny Krillin in a mafia suit. Give me that. <laughs> Fortune teller uh, first, Baba. First, yeah. Get wishing for pairs of panties, man. Yeah. Emperor Pilaw. Yeah. General Blue. Mercenary Tau. Oh, so, Mercenary Tau. But but yeah, it's that kind of thing. And and so, from from my perspective, kind of now having understood what what Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency is, and and taking a look at this like pre-stand, pre-quintessential JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I am now very excited to get into that, like, okay, this is going to be that bit where now I'm seeing, like, the Saiyans show up and we're going to Namek. Like, Mm -hmm. that, but for JoJo's, I'm excited to get into that. Let's Um, be real. You're just waiting for the part where Dio drops a steamroller. I literally am, (laughs) because when I flipped (laughs) through those books, yeah, I was kind of curious, like, where that fell. Like, I was cheating a little bit. I wanted to see... uh, and was surprised that I, I did not, as I flipped through, so, you know, I might be missing chunks, but I did not see that much Dio, so. Nope. But I'm glad, I'm glad Dio's back. I, I really liked Dio as a villain in part one, because he was just so into yes. uh, being evil, just being a bad, being a bad dude. Yeah. He made that woman eat a baby, man. <laughs> he made those evil. weird, he made those weird pets with, like, the human heads. Like, you don't get Dio being an absolute creeper until like the last two episodes of that thing. And then he's gone. Yeah. And so like the prospect of getting that deal back for like a lot of episodes is interesting to me. Oh, this Dio is, he's really something like Good. imagine that I... Dio, but his head has been attached to a Joe star body. And also he has had, like a hundred years to be angry at the Joe Stars. I am so so into that. Like that, I really want to. When they they crack the barnacle off, and I'm like, shit, yes, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but but straights or not straights? I'm sorry. Uh, Cars and Whamu were still really interesting villains, like in a totally different direction than where they took Dio. Like I mentioned how I like how Cars understands what the plot of this series is. Mm-hmm. And like the inverse of that, I really like Whamu playing into what the plot of the series is, like just accepting his role as a character in that universe. Yeah. Okay, so looking ahead to part three, what would you say you're looking forward to the most other than Dio. Oingo Boingo. <laughs> Yo, yes. there's a character named Oingo. Yo, there's a character named Boingo. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, there are better ones than that. I I mean, what I have uh, seen of Joseph's daughter... I think she's hilarious. Yeah. So um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if they do much of anything with her, because from like my limited understanding, it's mostly five dumbass dudes trying to get around <laughs> the world. Let's see, five, uh, one, two. Yeah, I guess it is five. Yeah. Um, like I, I well, understand that. 
Jotaro's mom is important to the plot, but okay. she doesn't actually do much. That's so JoJo's. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, because did you watched the first episode already? Did they give her a name? Because I'm wondering what they called her in your version. They gave her a name, but I'm actually blanking on it. Well, I was wondering if they called her Holy or Holly. Holly. They call her Holly. Okay. Well, see, yours yeah. usually has, like, the super literal Japanese names, and that's, I think, yes. Holy. No, they, they called her Holly. Okay. Um, well, see, I, I would it, also it, call her Holly, too, just because even though Holy is her actual name, that feels like an error. Like, he meant to say yeah. Holly. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Um, yeah, I, you know, and it's still kind of weird and bugs me because you asked me, like, what did they call her? And I had to think for a moment, like, was this a Poco's sister kind of thing where, like, she didn't actually, like, no one said her name? I don't know. I they They did, but, like, there was a moment where I had to really sit down here and, like, remember if they did or not. Because they've, they've done... Again, Paco's sister, they've they've done that before where there was a female character, they didn't give her a name, yeah. and she's in, like, a third of the episodes of that part. <laughs> she wasn't in that much. She was in that she was one in the flashback. flashback. They rescued her. She was in the episode follow, following her rescue. Yeah. yeah or no, no, there, there's the flashback, her getting taken captive, and then them rescuing her. Yeah, because there's the scene with her and Dio in the tower yeah. or whatever. Okay. Which, you know, eh. Uh, I did like, eh. though, in, in part two, I like what they did with Arena's character. I know that she's still not, like, a, a big character in that at all. She's just sort of, you know. But I like her. Yeah. Man, I like her going, like, yeah, kick the crap out of this racist. Yeah, the Mad Gear guy. Yeah. That guy. Uh, I really. He, that guy should have been, like, turned into a vampire or something and come back like that would have been really good i was upset that donovan was one and done yeah and wired back yeah like that's one of my issues is that you get a lot of these really great like these just gross looking characters with these hilarious names and these awesome gimmicks and they last for like two minutes yeah and I'm hoping part three gets away from that. If it's like focusing episodes around the villains that they're fighting, sometimes in pairs of two, that at least tells me that they're going to give characters like Wired Beck more time to actually do stuff. It is. I I don't remember any where they just like straight up murk them immediately like they did with Wired Beck or Donovan. Or sorry, Which, like, Dono that... Bang. Thank you. Yeah. Like that that stuff can also be funny when they just get merged really quickly, but like at a certain point I was just kinda of looking at it like I, I wanna see more, more wired, wired back. back. Yeah. Give me more wired back. That's all I Give want. Give wired back his own spin off series. I wanna know how he got in that door. <laughs> I mean he well, he did as a goof. You already know that. 
I want I want a better call Saul, but involving Wired Beck, and there's like those subtle little like he's looking at a door and he's thinking about it. <laughs> he's not, his character's not quite there yet. The door's out of focus in the background yeah. as he's walking around. I, he doesn't say man at the end of every sentence yet. He has to get there. He has to adopt that language. Donovan. He says man for the first time and the music kicks in. You're like, oh. Donovan walks up to his uh, motorcycle and there's a note on it that says don't. <laughs> but okay. Oh, uh, man. I, yeah. I would say. So, all right. Ratings. Ratings. One out of ten. Uh, part one. What would you give it? Ten out of ten. The what? perfect series, some would no, say. No. Part one. Perfect. Phantom Blood. No! <laughs> Alright, All right, fine. I'll give it... Yeah, dude, okay. Part one. I'm gonna list you the pros and the cons. Pros of part one. Dio kicked the shit out of that dumbass dog. Yep, and then burned him to death. Yes. Um, Zapelli is fantastic. Uh, pretty much all of Vampire Dio is great. Uh, Speedwagon sobbing in every single scene that he is in. You know, I'm I'm just gonna give three pluses for Speedwagon in general. Thank you. That's all I ask. Okay. Um, the entire Led Zeppelin gang and characters named Dire Straits, Sticks being a drunk priest, all fantastic. Uh, uh also. Oh, um, Jack the Ripper hiding inside of a horse. Yep. Things that aren't so great about that season. Um, that 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 whole stretch of like uh, Bruford, and like not just like that middle segment where it doesn't it doesn't feel like as much is happening. Okay. Where it just sort of drags on in the middle. Uh, not quite finding its stride as far as consistently one-upping itself. Yeah. I, I think that those first two episodes are so so dense and yet so well-paced, and then the pacing just becomes glacial for, like, four episodes. Yep. And then picks up again. Um, I, I, I would give it, like, a seven, I think. Out of let town. me add up. Like, what I you've still enjoy it. Okay. You, you say a seven, but let's see. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pluses, uh, and two negatives. So actually, that it, it's an eight. So no, you said ten. It's perfect. <laughs> I would also probably go with a seven. Uh, the book I would probably rate as like a four or three, but watching mm. it, I found it much more enjoyable. I almost want to suggest that we, at some point in the future, read through each part of the book and then just do an episode as, like, a quick... Here's what our experience with, like, part one of the manga is. But I don't want to read it again. I'm not saying, like, I'm saying we do this maybe when we have finished with all of the anime. Uh, But if we're doing that... I don't know. I'm just throwing in... like at, at that point we would go with the book club thing and just start part five reading it. If they haven't true started. If if they have not made it yet. by 
yes, by 2025 when we finish part four. <laughs> uh, it, it, the, mostly why I bring it up is I have, as I said, I've been kind of lightly going through my books. Uh, the art style in part one is so aggressively terrible, but it's gross and bad in a way that makes it so aesthetically pleasing to me. I feel like the like the vampires and the zombies and stuff in it look pretty good. Yes, but, but like, like Jonathan I, the, looks the terrible. Gang, the Led Zeppelin gang looks so fucking good in the comic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the proportions are all wrong. Characters look spindly and disproportional like panel by panel but like there's something about that that i am actually attracted to where i like that yeah. very ugly gross style so to give you some uh context i have all of my jejonium books on the same shelf that i keep the mirage volumes of ninja turtles so that mm. is basically the gross grimy art shelf <laughs> uh, yeah i guess so for all that all that hot nasty sits over there. Uh, okay, so part two. Ratings. Ratings. What would you give this out of ten? Twenty out of ten. <laughs> Come on. Twice yeah. as perfect. I would give this so, an eight. Uh, uh, maybe okay, nine. Well, eight and a half. You got, eight point five. You got, you got Donna Bang, you got Joseph shooting a Tommy gun. Yeah. You, you got... So Caesar, I think, is one of the weak points. He's just not that interesting to me as yeah. a character. Um, I did not like the fact that... One of the things that I love in any sort of like fighting manga or series is seeing like the master get to actually fight. Like getting getting some context for how strong they are. Like when Master Roshi fights or something like that. Sure. Or we when never... like Samo Hung decides to take his shirt off and get to work. Yeah, sure. But we never really get to see that Elisa Lisa. By the time she actually gets to fight, she makes all of one move before she gets stabbed. Yeah. And that was a bummer to me because I I like Lisa Lisa's character design. Like I think she's got a really good look to her. I like her that she has a thought out backstory that she knows how Haman works better than Caesar and Joseph. And we never actually get to see her like get to strut her stuff. Basically we never get to see her get into a real fight or actually ultimately do much of anything. Yeah. And I actually, I had forgotten that before watching this. Like I seem to remember her doing a lot more uh, I might have to go back and look, but it, it probably is just this way, and it, I just, my memory filled in more than was actually there. But I remembered her fight with cars being longer. Yeah, I, that that fight's over and done with, like, as soon as it starts, which yep. is which is miserable. Like, I actually would have, I mean, Cars' whole plan there is hysterical, but yeah. I still would have liked to have actually seen her get into a more, like, involved fight. So that's that's one of my my knocks on it. Um, I I do think that there are some episodes in there that just sort of really drag on to the point where you probably got more episodes that I don't like just in like in sheer numbers than 
with part one, but in terms of like a ratio of good to bad, it is a lot more in favor of good in part two. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I I do like Caesar's dad dying. <laughs> Getting yeah. sucked in that wall and basically going, you did this to me. You killed me. <laughs> Never forget. I mean, son of a bitch, the, the whole final fight of this thing is just so damn good. Yeah. It starts off with his hand is a squirrel. <laughs> Joseph hops into a German fighter plane. He fights cars in a volcano. Stroheim's in the, the pontoon somehow. He sends him into space. Ah. And that no. was like, so I... I, I touched on this briefly something i always thought about in like one of these these shonen fighting things is like what if you did have a character who got immortality how would you beat them and the conclusion i always came up with is you would shoot them into space right like that would be the big dumb shonen thing to do is you punched his ass into space yeah joseph's bizarre adventure back in the 80s did the thing that my brain always went to logically as the most dumb shit shown in solution to immortality. In fact, I'm going to revise my ratings. I'm going to give part one a six, so that way part two can be an eight. Oh no, I made it worse. Well, no, it's because I don't feel like part two is a nine. I feel like an eight's a good rating for it, but I also feel like it's way better than part one, so one shouldn't be, you know, one point below it. I... Again, I would give part one a, a seven. I liked it a lot. I don't think it really hit its stride. Like, it didn't really... It had a weak middle, but I thought that the beginning and end of that thing were was just so well done. Like, it was paced well. It was super weird. It was gross and grimy, and I liked it. Uh, with part two... There's not, like, any one stretch where I was like, oh, okay, this is where it got rough. Uh, it was pretty consistently weird. It pretty consistently one-upped itself. There were some things about it that just weren't that great. Stuff like Lisa Lisa. I would give it, like, an 8 out of 10. Or, like, eight. if I could do a .5, it would be an 8.5 out of 10. Okay. Gross and grimy, and I liked it. That's your review. Put it on the box. <laughs> yeah. So... All right, then. Next time, we'll be starting Season 2, which is Part 3, Stardust Crusaders. Oh, uh, I did look. Even though it's divided into two parts, uh, like Stardust Crusaders and Stardust Crusaders Battle in Egypt, it does retain the same numbering on Crunchyroll. So mm. that saves me a lot of headaches for <laughs> noting what episodes. So... yeah. Next time uh, for me on my on my Jankass site, it does have those. Uh, so I checked; it groups those two parts as just one single run, like one list. And then what that third thing was, I'm pretty sure is what part four is. Probably. I mean, that's actually a better way to do it. But yes. you know, I, I'm going by the uh, legal methods to watch it. Thanks. Uh. No, it's. It's fine. I, I have physical copies. I'm just watching the digital no, versions don't. of it. It's okay if I got the... Well, they don't know that. There are no physical versions. Everybody knows you that. You asshole! <laughs> the physical version is out well, for like two months. Is... 
This is going to go live in like 2019. You, ah, uh, no. How the feds are going to come to my home next week? I'll be watching season two, episodes one through three, which are the man possessed by an evil spirit through the curse of Dio. Dio's in all caps in part three. Yeah, uh, should note. Dio is in all caps now forever. Yep. Dio. Just how they spell it. Yep. What do you think Dio stands for? Doing inebriated obstetricians. I think it's dangerous, intelligent. Oh, no. (laughs) Sure. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We'll see you next week.